Well, it'd be easy at a time like this to just roll over, give up, just let it all get to you. But I but I just don't think that's a way. So today I say we must move forward, not backward, <laughs> upward, not forward, and always twirling, stumbling, arse backwards towards relegation. <laughs> Uh, this is episode 153 at Mighty White's podcast. Uh, that oh god, could that weekend have gone any worse, Casey? No, no, there was right. a lot. What there was a lot went on this weekend. Um, Burnley, uh, allowing everyone to dream momentarily to dash them in three minutes to the returning inability to defend a set piece to that lad singing before Paul Wilson getting his shirt off to the Everton-Chelsea result. Yeah. um, It's one of them weird ones. Because, like, part of me, like, if we're in the pub doing this, this would turn into two hours of just saying the same things that we said before. How did they think that the squad staying this size would work? How did they allow themselves to stand still in the summer? Whose fault is it? And the answer is all of them to an extent. Like it's a it's a weird one. I just I just look at it now and think, right, we know loads of shit that's gone wrong. The only thing that I keep thinking is, can Jesse Marsh actually do this? And I don't think if if he doesn't, I don't think it's on him that we've gone down by any stretch. I just think can do you think he can get us out of this? Yes, but I am the optimistic one. Yeah, I was going to leave that Simpsons <laughs> quote for later because we've got one already. But the uh, no, it's uh, I, 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 think I just so. don't because, know. because taking out the Burnley result, the Everton result the topless singer. We actually played quite well yesterday. We played so much better than we played against Palace. Which is like, weird, isn't it, to say about a 4-0 mm, defeat, but I think it is true. And I I think, tactically, I thought we actually set up quite well. I thought having Stuart Dallas as a right-wing back worked. I wish I could say the same for Junior Furpo. But his, I would yeah. say I would say with Furpo, don't get me wrong, he wasn't good. After that first ten minutes where he got the uh, the his customary stupid yellow card, after that he was better. Oh yeah, he did. Uh, but, he but there was that there was, was that better. thing of, especially against a team like Man City, you really want to keep that yellow card for you know at least halfway through the game. Yeah. Um. But I I thought in open play, I thought the back. The three central defenders worked fairly well, especially considering the the last minute change that we had to make with Cooper dropping out and Click coming yeah. in. I think that was massive, not just because the entire defense seems to play better with him there. He's obviously his job being like the on pitch organizer really seems to work as well as him just playing well at the moment. But I I do think that's one of the reasons why, like. If Man City run rings round you and the score, you just go, all right, fair enough. For the first two goals to both be kind of soft from set pieces, 
was so frustrating. And I genuinely think that at least one of those doesn't happen if Cooper's on the pitch. Yeah. And you look at that, especially with the opening goal, and you just think if we can, if we keep that nil-nil for half an hour, then you think that there's there's a genuine possibility of us, I think, getting something from that game because you've then got yourselves in a position where you've, you've frustrated them, you know the openings are there, and, and I know the the Rodrigo chance early on comes from a slip. It, you know, it's not a, it doesn't come from a good bit of football. But the, the positives, are, you know, I, I really liked how. The, the the press was triggered from typically the ball going to whichever central defender went wide. It's quite often if, if City played out to their left, the, the the press was on Nathan Ake. Yeah, and I thought we actually did. You had some joy winning the ball in that area. Uh, I thought Rafinha and Dallas in that area worked very well for us. I thought Jack Harrison did all right as well. Mm. I thought Click looked better than he has done yeah. in, in the I was last just, couple I, games. I was just going to cut in and say, I thought Matthias Click had a really good game. And I think he it just... suited him because he, he played this more as a number 10 today. Or last night, sorry. Um, and I think that suited him because I don't think the defensive aspect of the game works for him, especially with probably his pace against someone like Man City as well. Um you know, it, it's frustrating that in a four 0 defeat, there were a, there were a lot of positives to take from that. Contrasted to the say the Spurs game, where I don't think you were coming away from that at any point thinking, "I, I know we've lost here, but the, the, we've shown so, we've shown signs of something." You see, I would say the Spurs game was. <laughs> There was positives from the Spurs game because we should have probably scored twice in the Spurs game. It's just that they could have scored. I mean, they did score four, but they could have scored nine. And yeah, Man City missed. There were some chances missed. But they're Man City. They're going to create stuff. I aren't particularly worried about that. It was just the manner of the goals being a bit soft. Like, I think it's the third goal was the one that really showed it. Because there is one... Like mistake really in that maybe two which Strauch maybe should have got further across towards Jesus, but when Edison pings and it, God, it's a late ball out to Cancelo, and only did have uh, Jack Harrison. It's one of them, and it must be an instruction because Liam McCarran was doing the exact same thing in the under twenty three game. He ran forward for the ball when he had no chance of getting it, and they got past him. But as soon as they beat one, they're so good that they just they threw you. That goal wasn't annoying at all. The Fernandinho one late on doesn't really have a problem. Every single person in that, it wasn't just, you know, the the fact that they did the, everyone was applauding and singing at the end and riling up an atmosphere and showing that they're still behind them. Even before that all kicked in, everyone around me who, you know, quite often in the ground, it can get very negative and stuff like that. Nobody was. Everyone was just going, we've actually been all right here. It's. I would say, I, I, I think in terms of actual, I'm going to say just straight footballing ability. It it was better than the Palace game. It was better than the Watford game. 
Yeah, probably. It's, you know, there was a few times where the, the, the decision-making or the final ball let us down. But the, the actual, you know, the actual movement and moving of the ball into the final third was so much better. And it, it wasn't reliant on a, an individual bit of brilliance from Rafinha to do something. I, I thought there was some fantastic, you know, essentially teamwork going on. I thought Dallas and Rafinha linked up well. Um, and I thought that I don't know. I think if I went back now, I probably wouldn't have moved Rafinha to the wing no, back position. I think it would have been Dan James. But uh, I I don't know what I well to be honest, it, it now turns out level that Yorente was pretty much injured and shouldn't have really been on the bench anyway by the sound mm. of it. But like if he was sticking with the back five, I would have just moved Ailing to wing back and brought on Charlie Cresswell. Yeah. And just like when Dan James came on, I said, All right, so he's going back to the back four and we're just gonna go for it. And then we didn't do that, which was a bit weird. It's it was odd because like the pressing, you were on about how good the pressing was, and it was at times. I'm still finding it hard to adjust to watching it because there was a bit of that there was long periods where we just didn't press. But we kept a shape quite well, and that's that's still taking some adjusting to. It just feels weird now. Um, the problem for Leeds this weekend really was it was Man City, so we put, we all knew we were going to get beat. The third most important game for Leeds this weekend was the Leeds game, really. Yeah, and unfortunately, the other ones couldn't have gone much worse. Uh, so eighty-two minutes, it's Watford one, Burnley nil. At that point, you, you think it. At the very least, you think they're not going to win. And you know what? If, if if they get a point from this, it, it still leaves us a two point cushion on them. You know what? That's that's fine. Yeah, and this is one of them where it's and this is the sort of manager he is. All the people who were watching it live were going on, stop dropping deep, stop because they were just getting deeper and deeper and deeper. What for them? They just brought them on, and. Then yeah, Jack Cork eighty three, Jeff Brown eighty six, and God, you, I was stood outside the East Stand when the second goal went in, and the change just in everyone's demeanour outside the ground, because with Twitter and everything now, everyone knows within thirty seconds, mm. and everyone was like talking to each other, and it just outside the ground it went quiet because everyone knew, oh fuck. Because that put them above us on goal difference. And because it was Man City, we knew that meant they're above us. Uh, obviously, we've talked about a lot of the Leeds game. The other thing that we need to talk about now is that Stuart Dallas, femoral fracture, he's probably back around Christmas. Yeah, really, really unfortunate. Um... I haven't seen this back on TV, obviously. In the ground, it looked like Dallas, it, to be honest, it looked like it was a foul by Dallas. He stretched, didn't quite get there, but because of the angle his leg was on, when the collision happened, he was just in the wrong place completely. It didn't look like there was open malicious in it from either player. It just looked like one of them things, unfortunately. No, I, th I think when I first saw it, I was thinking it was a, a collision of knees, which yeah. can be very, very painful at the best of times. But um, no, obviously, watching it back, it's it's much worse. 
because yeah, I, I say I, I haven't I haven't seeked it out to watch it back. I have no desire to watch it back. I hate stuff like that. Yeah. Um, do you, Do you not want me to to put a positive spin on it? If you can find one, at least he'll be with us next season. I mean, <laughs> that's that's as positive as, as I can spin. That is that um, he won't be leaving in in the summer. Yeah, I think he was one of the ones that I wasn't particularly worried about that happening with anyway. To be honest, yeah. Um, and then today, exactly what every single Leeds fan expected to happen. Everton won, Chelsea nil. Chelsea were shite, really. But they probably, I mean, they did create more than Everton, but they were, they were still shite. And it wasn't even that it's a goal. We were jokingly saying, Chelsea won't be up for this. They'll want Frank Lampard to win. And it turns out Cesar Aspilicueta actually meant it and like really just wanted to lose. Because he, he gets ball on the edge of his own box. And just stands there and does nothing and does nothing and does nothing and does nothing and then gets dispossessed and they score. It was... He had so much time to clear it and he wanted a good three seconds longer than that. It was dreadful. The easy finish for Richarlison. And then Jordan Pickford has the best minute of his career. Uh... Mount his, I think it was both posts, and on the rebound, he has no right to save it. And he then runs past it, and he's completely out of position and just gets a hand on it and keeps it out. It was an unbelievably good save. But I just... It's such a weird... Like, two months ago, there was a real legitimate conversation going around that, like, 32 points will keep you up here. Yeah. And now it's... I don't think it will be this high, but it is possible that 40 will get you relegated. Yeah, it's, um, it's just so frustrating. It's like you say, it's one of those things where everyone was saying it over and over again, that this has Chelsea, this has Chelsea losing written all over it. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've, Obviously, I do pessimism bets anyway. It's not uncommon for me. But, I mean, I back, I backed Everton for this game like five different times. Because I just I just knew what was coming. You could just see it a mile off. Uh, so, yeah, we're just in this lovely position now with Everton still having a game in hand to play. Two points behind. And we are now favourites to go down. Well, second favourites. I believe I believe Watford are. Well, yeah, I'm not counting <laughs> the Um It is just a case now of... I just constantly look at everyone's remaining fixtures and, and hoping for the best. Um, what do you think... Do you think there is any particular change or anything that we can do that gives us the best chance? Like, do you think he'll keep the back five for these like for the Arsenal and Chelsea games? I I would do. I think. Um, I, I suppose now it, it does come down to availability, but 
I mean, I was obviously, as it turns out, with Yorente um, not being fit, it was. I was surprised to see Pascal Stroik come back in, sort of out of nowhere. Um, I'm just trying to think how I would set up the team. Whether I, I, I mean, I genuinely think there'd be a case now of depending on Liam Cooper's fitness, obviously sticking with the the three central defenders from from yesterday and having Dan James as your wing back and having him and Rafinha on the same side. Mm. Um, I, you know, I'm just... A, I, th- I thought Luke Aiding actually did all right at, at centre-back again, I think. Well, I think... He, always, he normally does when it's in a three. I've always said I've no problem with him on the right side of a three. I don't like him when he's playing in a two mm. at centre-back. But the thing, he did okay. But he... He has probably been now empirically. This might not be right, but from the eye test, you know the thing we've been on about all season about oh they've just forgot how to pass the ball. Yeah, I would say Luke Ayling is number one top of the list defender for that, and he did it a few times yesterday. Where again, just a simple ten yard pass for a guy. He's got five yards of margin of error with his pass, and he misses it. Mm. And if there wasn't even loads of them, but there was just a few all all in a row. And I just think something's gone with his confidence, maybe. I don't know. He just he doesn't seem like the same player that he was. He hasn't turned into a bad one. He just doesn't have that thrust going forward in the way that he did. Yeah. And his decision-making doesn't seem to be as good as it was. I just... Like, it's, it's such a weird one. Like, I... I was thinking that I'd probably go with the back. If Dallas wasn't injured, then I probably would have stuck with the three. But I'm really, I'm not sure you can play it without Dallas. Yeah, I mean. Because like now, Furpo's going to play the rest of the season if he's fit. And that's terrifying enough as it is. God, I wish I got if he could just get his improve us all along, I'd love nothing more. But he's just been mm. terrifying every time he's been on the pitch. And it's like, can we have Cody Drama back? <laughs> like, you mean Cardiff's young player and fans player of the year? Yeah, which may or may not have been taken over by Leeds fans, but yeah. um, um, like our, our attempts to woo him back, like you were looking at it going. You were looking at there and saying Dan James right wing back. I just don't. I don't particularly fancy that. Ailing as a right wing back, maybe, but then I suppose you could play Juventus Cock and Strauch if Cooper's not fit. Mm. You could play all three. Um, hopefully Cooper is fit, but we'll have to see. The uh, the problem, one of the problems yesterday, though, when we went to the back five, instead of having Rodrigo and then, usually it's been James, but Rodrigo and a body, it was just Rodrigo. And it just meant we really, we, that made us struggle to get out sometimes. A lot of it, I think, was Rodrigo didn't have a particularly good day. Every single time he got a ball in the feet, his touch seemed to take him three yards further than he meant to. Yeah. Back into his own half, which didn't help. 
but that, that, that's why that's why I think against Arsenal I'd go again I'd go back to the four because I don't think Arsenal are so good that I'd want to give up the threat we've got going forward. Mm. It's, it's... I think it's on like I think it's only Man City and Liverpool who I'd be like yeah play five. The I mean the the only reason I'm thinking that now is it's because I think it's because of how lacklustre we were going forward against Palace that I look at the back five and think, I do think that it would offer more protection. And I do think Arsenal are are a team that that you can frustrate them and, you know, that they don't have... They have good attacking players, but they don't have the serious goal threats that Man City do. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you just again try and frustrate them and and hit them on and hit them on the counter. Because again, I, I do feel like we will get a bit more room to play in going forward. You know, I don't think their backline will push up quite as as Man City's does, but certainly more than Palace or Watford or teams like that. I'm sorry, I am very, I I don't think for a second this will happen, but I am genuinely tempted with the way the game's gone. If we play a five, that I would just pick Jack Harrison as left wing back. Yeah, he he did end up there, didn't he? Yeah, he he ended up there mostly because he was, you know, fair post, fair point, he probably thought he was going to get sent off. But I just... And what it's do you such think? a weird... Have, have Dan James uh, the, in front of him. Yeah, and yeah, and then have J- James left, Rafinha right. It's so it's such a weird. I've normally I'd be going well. We could do this. We could do that. But at the minute, my problem is, and that's the main one. Like, I basically lost the hope. Now I, I, I have always been pessimistic and said, "Oh well, you know, we never know." Even when we got to the stage where we were like nine, ten to one, and we were looking all right, I was always saying, "No, we're not safe. No, we're not safe." But I properly think we're done here. Like, I really do, and <laughs> I, I'd love nothing more than to be wrong. But I just look at our, our running, the other teams' runnings, their squads, our squad. Our squad is better than Burnley's, I think, but it's mm. not showing it. Everton's is much better than ours. I just don't see us getting out of this. Uh, KC, you have been referred to as the optimistic one. Is that reputation justified? Yes. Do you have yes, hope? It is. <laughs> You've got to. I, I, I look at the games coming up and I just think Arsenal aren't invincible. That You know, Watford have got at them, and I think and we're better than Watford. We are better than it Watford. Just it is just a case of just getting the passes off, and we did that yesterday. We did that in the central areas. Yeah, that is one thing that we did sort of under mention when we were talking about the game. We did have chances. Mm. Like you know yeah man city had more chances and as you'd expect even but we did bring us down we we were still going for it. it you know and i don't know if that was 
partially inspired by the fact that you had a, a crowd there that could have very easily, you know, gone off after after that first one went in and just thought, well, here we go. Um, but it, it was it was nice to see that they didn't give up on that game. There was there was no point where it was just like just let them pass it around the back four for ten minutes and and, and just yeah, like, let them finish. Yeah, like a lot of obviously we were two 0 down by a lot of it, mm. but like the you know Rafinha had that good run and shot that got deflected over. There was that good cross across the front from James. Rodrigo break early on. Gellar had that decent effort that was saved. Firpo had a decent chance in the first half when it came to him at far post. But, but there was... it was it, When you watched us do that, you did think, well, it's a, it's a cliche that everyone says at this point. If you play like that against the worst side, you might get something. Yeah. And that is, I suppose, what we've got to try and hope for. I, ju- I just can't see it. <laughs> I really can't. I mean, I know, I did, we've got nothing from the Arsenal games this season. Whilst missing our best players, we lost to Chelsea 3-2 because of stupid penalties mm. that were given away. We have competed with them. They can be shit. I saw it today. Yeah, they were shit today. Um, God, I, I, they don't deserve to be in the Champions League after that today. Yeah. The other problem is, though, with Chelsea, the thing that scares me with them, I mean, they will have another game in between, so maybe they'll get it. But when they've thrown in one of these shit performances, generally speaking, the next one, like they threw in one of those shit performances and got beat at home by somebody and it was awful, and then they beat Southampton 6-0. You know, it was like yeah. it's, they're a bit like that at the minute. Um, I was just looking at the table now. Obviously, we've got we've got four games left. We've got Arsenal away, Chelsea at home, Brighton at home, and Brentford away on the final day. How many points do you think we need? At the table now, what are we on? We're on 34, Burnley also 34, Everton a 32 with a game in hand. It's gonna be it, 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 it's probably gonna be 38 to 40, isn't it? Yeah, like I don't think you cannot for a second rely on us to do it, but like uh, a little Danny mate of ours for people at home, um, messaged me going, We now need to beat one of Arsenal and Chelsea. And I then looked at the table and thought, do we? Like, I don't want to be in a situation where we need to win our last two games. But, like, would would six points be enough? I think. Because it would be so Leeds to get relegated with 40 points. Uh, It's... The the, the frustrating thing is, you look at Everton, the, the fact they've picked up points against Scum and... Chelsea. I think they're doing it on fucking purpose, mate. But they've <laughs> they've also been dreadful against some mediocre teams. Um it's 
the, the annoying part is, and you can look at most fixtures at this part of the season for us, for, for Burnley and for, for Everton. And, and you're just looking going, realistically, Villa are done for the season. You know, are they going to be on the beach? Um, you know, Spurs, they're going for the Champions League, but have been, you know, lost four games out of five, but the one game they won was Man City. Like, it's it's so easy to kind of pick these fixtures apart. Obviously, they've got Villa again, then Newcastle, who Christ, they'll be going for Champions League football next year. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle, who are 10th? I know. It's almost as if, now I know that the, the there's a million things about the ownership I'm not getting into. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Hmm. It's almost as if investing in players in January works. Yeah. Uh, and also getting rid of your terrible manager for a much better one. Yeah. Um, like a, I was thinking about my 1-20 to 20 predictions that I did on Throw It All Together and how I'm claiming Newcastle is correct, even though I had like 19th. This is a different Newcastle. No, I, I, I believe I said, while ever they have Mike Ashley and Steve Bruce, I'm going to say they're going to get relegated. Yeah. And I mean, they were they were going to get relegated. <clears throat> That that was one of the things we were talking about at the ground yesterday. People say, you know, oh, which is the this missed opportunity and that missed opportunity, and that's the ones for me. Those two Newcastle games. Yeah, and and look, I I think come the end of the season, regardless of of where we are, I I, I think we the the club as well, but I, I think we as a podcast will do a post mortem and kind of look at all the different aspects is essentially a ah, we'll turn it into a witch trial essentially let's, let's yeah. find out who's to blame but the the, the debates that, that will that are still going on now about Bielsa versus Marsh and how oh, well you know we, we should have lost you know we were always going to lose those games under Bielsa and Marsh has only picked up points but you know Bielsa was there for both games and we got one point from Newcastle yeah. I think you know. Say what you will, we should have. You know, we should have got four points against them this season at least. The, yeah, that that's the reason those two stand out to me so much, is because both of those. I mean, we were crap in the second game against Newcastle, mm. and we were still comfortably better than they were. And in the away game, we were comfortably better than they were, other than Alan and Maximan being really good that day. They had yeah. ten. They had ten shit players and some maximum. Yeah, and it, we and you know and we had the stone wall penalty turned down one, at one nil up, and all of that. That's why that that's the game. Like if if we win that away one and draw the other, then we're on thirty eight points, and we'd probably not even being talked about as being in danger. Leeds fans would be because Leeds fans are pessimistic, but. It would be Burnley versus Everton, would be the story. But I mean, don't go on this. I'm sure that there will be five Burnley games that were like that. There will be Everton games that were like that as well. So it isn't just us, but it just those two games are the ones that I keep going back to in my head. Yeah, it's. I I on I honestly, this is how pessimistic I've now become. I honestly think we need seven points. Because I just, 
I didn't see these runs coming from Burnley and Everton, but they're on them now. The confidence is sky high. I really don't think anyone saw sacking Sean Dyche as being what Burnley needed. Yeah, and having the managerial team of your under-23s coach and Ben Mee. Yeah. And Um, it working, like, astoundingly well. Again, I look at... I do look at a couple of the teams above us still. And I know there is now a, a comfortable gap between us, Burnley, and then you've got Villa, Brentford, and Southampton. If the season, and, and, and honestly, if the season you, was four games longer, Southampton could be in trouble. But I it isn't. Look at Villa. I look at Villa, and I look at the form <laughs> that Burnley are in, and they've got two games against them. Yeah, you know, I, I do think potentially Burnley could catch them. Oh, yeah, I, could see, I could see that happening. I just don't think that that would drag Villa into it. I think it'd just take Burnley out of it. <laughs> like, I don't think that Villa will fall. I just think Burnley so, might go up. I'm, I'm looking now, and and look, I, I know this is very much distracting on on the fact that we just need to win as many games as we can now. Yeah, obviously. Burnley have. Villa, uh, sorry, Villa have Burnley, Liverpool, Palace, Burnley, and Man City. Like it, that, that's not a good run of fixtures for them. No, I mean, I'm just they're, they're coming off a run of you know, what was it, four straight defeats before they had mm. that draw and win. Mm. Uh, you know, ultimately, yeah, I think they will probably win two of those five games, and, and we'll probably be fine. But I, I wouldn't be, I won't be sitting entirely comfortable just yet, especially if you're looking at Burnley. But I mean, ultimately, now, Christ, if we could get something out of Chelsea or Arsenal, yeah, it would take so much pressure off. As I say, I, I think that we need to get a point out of those two. Mm. That's like the need. We really could do with at least two and and or nick like if we could nick a win, it'd make all the difference in the world. I don't want to go into playing Brighton at home and Brentford away knowing yeah. Leeds need to win. Leeds need to win two games in a row at the end of the season under immense pressure because the Leeds I need just to go to London or what, you know. On because the last I just day don't think I just don't think I just straight up don't think we can do it under that amount of pressure. I just don't think we will be able to. So we, I feel like we have to nick something from these Arsenal and Chelsea games, and we also have to hope that Everton don't just. I mean, it's not in our hands anymore. You, it's not unreasonable to expect teams that are down there to lose, but they need to start losing now. Yeah, and again, it's Everton's next two are Leicester, who are coming off the back of the second leg of their Europa League semi final. Yeah, who can basically bin oh, sorry, off the Europe Com- is it Europe Conference League. Yeah, but they're, they're they're, they are 11th. They cannot really do anything in the league. Yeah. They have nothing to play for in the league. And then they've got Watford after that. Who are shit. 
Like, I am on this. I am looking at this and going, oh, I could so see us getting 40 points and getting relegated. It's. And again, you try and pick out the best bits from it and, and, and hope that having, you know, playing. Leicester on a Wednesday, on a Sunday, then playing Watford on a Wednesday might be a struggle for them. And but... I mean, at that point, they're probably playing relegated Watford. It's, you, you know I mean, it, I mean, they're, they're as good. To, it's the frustrating good thing of trying to be as logical as you can, whilst we are also talking about a day where. Everton have beaten Chelsea. Yeah. I, I like, just I I but, but at the same time it's so hard to 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 follow the idea that on any given day anyone can beat anyone in this division. Other apart, than Man City, from other than Man City in Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> um but you know the, the, there is always a chance. It it's just so hard to to start to believe it at this point, it, it, it to, you know this weekend has been the worst combination of results. Yeah, it's not even just that the results have gone against us. Like if Burnley had just won two nil, just won the game because they're better than Watford, mm. we'd have been a shit result for us. But it's because Watford were one nil up with ten minutes to go. It made it so much worse. It's that, it's that they held on for so long. Yeah, that made it so much worse. I really wish I wouldn't have watched the Everton v Chelsea game. Because mm. at least if I wouldn't have watched it, I wouldn't have seen just how shit Chelsea were. Yeah. I just... I, so, yeah. Um, obviously, we will do a podcast actually properly previewing the Arsenal game at some point this week. Because that's because it's not well Sunday, is it? No game. Um. So yeah, I'm not sure what day that will be. Christ. Yeah. Um. I hate football. Yeah, like I'm just, I'm just like so. Yeah, Burnley home to Villa on Saturday next week. And, and like again, just and never, and never in a way at Leicester Sunday same time as us. Like that should be a game, Everton. Uh, sorry. The, Villa win that you know you look at that front line yeah that should beat Burnley it should but I'll tell you I'll, I can tell you right now I will be having money on Burnley for that game and you know what else I bet Burnley are favourites for that game as well uh, I would be uh, I would be very surprised if they weren't with an advantage yeah uh, oh no, I am wrong. They've actually it, it, Villa were like six to four, and you can get nineteen to ten on Burnley, which I don't think is a bad price to be honest. But um, yeah, that will do us for episode one hundred and fifty-three, which obviously was going to be always going to be a bit of a downer. But as the actual title of the podcast says, the championship's not too bad, is it? In in the cold light of day, it will be fine. In the immediacy, it is just 
the worst thing hey. because we spent so long trying to get away from it. <laughs> we'll be the uh, at least we'll be a really fun game on FM next season in the championship. You know, Rodrigo up top, yeah, Dan James you know, in behind, Gellart Greenwood, Gellart Greenwood, Somerville Bay, Charlie Cresswell. Drama. All starting. Oh, God. <laughs> It'll well, be yeah. fine. <laughs> we'll be fine. It's only football. It's not it's only football. It's not that important. It's really important, isn't it? It matters absolutely and it doesn't matter at all. No, it matters absolutely. And it it shouldn't matter. <laughs> it shouldn't make us this depressed, but it does. Right. So Le- yeah, Leeds, that... re- Leeds' results are going to make me just forget about the fact that there was a Tory trying to have a wank in Parliament. Basically, that's how yeah. that's how important football is. If Leeds stay up, then we'll all do that. <laughs> <laughs> Right, uh, yeah, that'll do us for episode 153. I've been Jacks here. I've been Casey. Do what you it's, can. It's not going to be a good one. No. In a bit. <laughs>